0: Hi, i got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. I
1: can't, I need a bacchanomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this.
0: So it's come to this home of the cronenberg hits. Here we go, the
1: big, only the best. Only the big Only the big ones that everyone We're in America knock, knows about. Knocking
0: off all the hits. That's how we do it here. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. We talk about movies and we talk about a lot of movies we love and we love few people more than David Cronenberg. I yeah. celebrate the man's entire career. Uh, we, I'm
1: starting to, I'm starting to celebrate the whole career. I, I'm now hitting some of You're those. You're hitting some of the, the corners that you haven't spots. checked on, right? Yeah, we recently watched, uh, the Freud masterpiece from 2011, A Dangerous, Dangerous method. method. 10 years out, ages really well. Great late career, Cronenberg. Yeah. But maybe not the first you think of when you think of Cronenberg. <laughs> and now we're back to do another hidden gem, would we say? I'd say this is a hidden gem Undiscovered, because, uh, treasure.
0: we recently did a william smith fucking film festival a film festival five five william smith movies legend and this was the first one we watched that we day. opened we opened with fast company a film that none of us had seen this was one of the this was one of the few cronenbergs that was left to Check off my list.
1: This is the one where I was sure there was a mistake. (laughs) This could not be... You mean some other David Cronenberg, and then it, like, you know, accidentally IMDb gets it in the wrong
0: category. Right. Like, uh, how quickly did you get to a straight story? Did you see a straight story when it came out of David Lynch? Oh, no, that was, yeah. Or did you see it years later? Much later, So that was another one of those where it's a G-rated Lynch Mm -hmm. movie, but it's still very David lynch if you've, if you've seen others, you, you have their experience yeah. there. This is Cronenberg doing like a, a funny car racing movie. When, when you're in the mood for Cronenberg, <laughs> you want to see a little slice of life story mm-hmm. about the Western Canadian funny car racing circuit <laughs> of the late 70s. You think drag races when you think David
1: Cronenberg. They go together.
0: Yeah. I, I, it's kind of funny that I had not seen Fast Company. I also haven't seen Crash. Yeah, Crash in. is one of my big blind spots so far. See, now that's a car movie that screams Cronenberg. Oh, I keep waiting. When we do our Cronenberg random draws, I keep waiting yeah. for Crash okay. to come up. The Criterion it will come to that release eventually. just came out. I'm excited. We'll eventually do it. But, you know, you don't think of Cronenberg as the car guy. No.
1: And especially he's so young in the career. This is like the third
0: feature movie he's doing. But here. even then, his previous film, Rabbit, which we love features a big car accident as, the, as like a major early turning point mm-hmm. in the movie. And, you know, I thought it was a very effective movie. I can't wait to talk about that one, too. That really got into some of the terror of that real-life thing before going into, you know, I-need-to-feed right. zone. And this one has that same, uh, I know very little about <laughs> the late 70s Canadian funny car circuit. I don't know much, so I had to trust what he was presenting for ninety minutes.
1: Pretty much all that they all you need to know is cars go fast. These funny cars <laughs> felt like. Cars I go think fast, the guys. most
0: important thing about this movie is that, with me knowing, again, very little mm-hmm. about this scene, it felt honest. It did not feel yeah. uh, cheap or exploitative. It felt like much more of a serious sports movie mm-hmm. than I was expecting, and a good one. Well, you just
1: said that thing about how, yeah, Cronenberg, the real crash in Rabid, before things get weird. Yeah. And the fact that things never get weird in this movie is very off-brand for, yes. for Cronenberg. And you
0: think this is during early career. Early career. But you think that three-movie that three movie stretch where he goes from Rabid to Fast Company and then back to The Brood. Mm-hmm. This guy was fastly conquering Which all was, these different yeah. film genres very, very quickly.
1: I think this was uh, from what I read online. This is just a matter of he got some funding to do this movie, and in Canada, where he was making movies, you get yeah. like a big tax break. He's he's uh, so used you get that a bunch of money, and you got to but you got to make the movie fast. So you got to make it by the end of that year to get that money. Yeah. So that's why stuff like Shivers and uh, The Brood are just like very quick, very fast. And then this movie is probably always exactly in winter. The same way. But yeah, this movie felt like a feels like a documentary almost.
0: Yeah, a is a a good, like I said, slice of life story that really gets you into the middle of this circuit and does a very good job of establishing the inner of relationships mm-hmm. of everybody. These kind of movies were very popular in the seventies drive-in scene. There of a lot of this kind of stuff, but this was like a classed-up version. Yeah, of it, all that, it's, it was not cheesy. The action was very good. It was intense. It felt fast. It didn't felt pasted together and badly dubbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it feels like a high st- quality,
1: a step above like a B movie,
0: yeah, level so it, car movie that you would normally get to see in this kind of. Yeah, uh, and I mean, r- William Smith was a, was a drive-in staple, mm-hmm. and Claudia Jennings, his his love interest in the movie, she was in all of those kind of kind of movies that was kind of her thing but it was always cheaper stuff like death sport or right. moonshine county express those kind of movies which are which are fucking great mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but this is like a really well-written classy version of one of her roles in cheaper movies that's this kind of true for smith yeah it's kind of like
1: what we saw when we talked about uh, blood and guts The wrestling movie he did. Right. It should be this really kind of cheap, over-the-top exploitation type film. Yeah.
0: But it's actually a character study. All these other wrestling movies from that era are always like really grandiose. Like, one bad guy wrestler brings a knife to the (laughs) ring. You know, just stuff that doesn't happen. And that's the same kind of thing that I kind of would have expected from most movies like Fast Company. Yeah, but it doesn't go there. It treats the material very seriously, and it comes off really well because of it. Very entertaining, very, uh, very impressive character pieces. Yeah, even though it's not the Cronenberg you're expecting, <laughs> no.
1: uh, you kind of get into it. Yeah, even even though you got to get over that opening theme song. Okay, like there are some worries okay. in this movie. There's, I would say, right off the bat, you've got late uh, '70s like book this is rock. This Fake, <laughs> S- like We're pre, like back, butt rock, pre butt rock. I haven't heard that
0: term. In with so like long. saxophone solos, it was that fake Bruce Springsteen sound. Yeah, it was a bad East. It was like a Western Canadian East Street band. Oof, <laughs> from up, up, from maybe the, up from the, Spokane. The A maybe. Street band, yeah, and a lot of. Like saxophone, but it was also hard, had hard that the same sax. kind of vibe of this is the kind of way Trey Parker makes fun of this music 100%. This is a total Trey Parker band.
1: A lot of like even the husky voice of the singer. Yeah,
0: it comes in with the like saxophone riff and just like when you're driving down <laughs> that road. Like that's what the movie starts with and you're like no, what? Yeah. It's it's all like saying exact things it's that narrating in the, the action. movie just like yeah. going 200 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and all all those are kind of looking at each other like all right, this is it's noon. Mm-hmm. We're, start, we're starting with this and then it it, kept, it keeps getting better. Yeah. It kind of makes you want it because then you realize it's one of those movies that has the name of the movie in the opening movie song. Oh, like, we get it with the title like, on the screen. Yeah, with the fa- fast company. And it's like, ah, it's kind of hard not to fall in love with this
1: yeah. shitty butt
0: rock. Like, it's almost so like simple. It's these great panoramic views while you're getting in. Yeah. You're seeing just a lot of like A lot of great just showing up early to racetrack footage when parking attendants are waving you through. Apparently, you have to get there at dawn at these places. It's an all-day situation This is I've been to a couple of NASCAR events in my life. You're an American. My dad's a big racing (laughs) fan. It didn't catch on with me. Um, He, weirdly enough, doesn't watch movies like uh, (laughs) William Smith movies, but... I would, you know, we have we're we're very close to Sonoma, sure Raceway, we get, we get one a of race the most way. famous raceways out here. So we would go to these events. The parking lot is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> it is awful. You are. It is taking you four hours to get out of this parking lot. Oh sure. And then you're spending two hours on the clogged 37. I thought you meant it's home. a nightmare
1: because you get there and it's just like chaos and un seemly it's just uh, knife and drinking. guys getting punched out of trailers it's <laughs> like the uh, worst tailgating possible I mean
0: the movie really picks up how it really captures just how loud yeah, these yeah. events can be and how just thunderous and how much you feel it in your body and it you there is some excitement there even mm-hmm. if you can't always tell what's going on because you're on one turn of a 16 turn course <laughs> and right. you just all you can hear is the roar of like it's cool, and this is totally different. This is just those funny car, six-second, it's like bull
1: riding. It's, yeah, it's essentially, yeah, the drag race strip is what, a quarter-mile-long strip or something yeah. like that. And, yeah, it's just, it's those cars with the big wheels in the back and the little wheels in the front and the big they, engine. They and they it just,
0: just heat up 2,000 horsepower, which gotta I know par- nothing about cars, but that sounds hot.
1: When you need a parachute
0: to slow your car down,
1: yeah, you're driving cool. a fast car.
0: You get to see all those cool shots of William Smith putting on his fire gear, his fire retardant gear. Tons of guys running from on-fire car shots. The stunts look amazing. Great stunts. If you didn't know, I mean, this is one of those things in hindsight, you look back about Cronenberg making Crash. Mm -hmm. He filmed some cool crashes in Fast Company. Some cool cars just flipping upended in crazy directions in air guys walking away from it impressive stunts
1: even even when it's not a big crash though he really gets you engaged with the action oh a lot of great like camera in yeah passenger camera yeah tight in on the passenger you get this the claustrophobic sense of being in these little cockpits basically yeah seeing the Uh, guys really get lowered having to be lowered into a vehicle by two men yeah you know i love seeing the little details of them like pouring some substance on the road and the tires kind of burning out and you get a sense, like, you, you get involved yeah. in this little race. And it, it actually, for not knowing anything about it. <laughs> right. And they never, like, bring up, like, how many points these are worth. Yeah, or they don't what bother winning. wasting
0: time explaining the rules car racing. You're just, you're just seeing it happen. You're just, it's a really great way to do it. Because you're thrown into uh, an enthusiastic environment. You know, they aren't hitting, in blood and guts, they make a point out of going to dusky arenas. Mm-hmm. And the crowds are hot, but it's. You know, 200 people in some of them. Some mm-hmm. of them are big shows. This is all, we don't see the dregs of this circuit. It's always a good, excited house. They're drawing money. Yeah. Well, hey, you got Fast Company coming. Yeah. You're you going to bring Vasco the people. You got in town with the superstar William Smith uh, playing Lonnie. Lucky Lonnie. Lucky Lonnie, man. Love him. Lonnie is a cool name in movies. it's a cool Smith's name. William Smith's a cool Lonnie. What is that like short for, though? I Lonard? Know. I don't know. There's Lon. <laughs> Lon Cheney. You know, musician Lonnie Donegan. It's a kind of Irish that's name, gonna, Lonnie. That's going to bother me now. <laughs> Not knowing. <laughs> but Lonnie is a cool name. He pulls it off great. And he's lucky a perfect Lonnie, Lonnie. Even better. And so he's this, uh, it's almost like a wrestling character. He's like a superstar on the racing circuit. He's a local known. Uh, Canadian known guy who mm-hmm. can, be recognized in a commercial spot and has posters. Now
1: they are trying to make it American because they're in Montana and Spokane. Right,
0: they they make
1: it sound like Pacific Northwest, but it's it's a very Canadian movie. All it around, is. even though they have like the stars and stripes on the side of the truck with the the fast. I coat love
0: the way Cronenberg. And the cowboy girl. I I love the way Cronenberg films Canada as <laughs> America, And stuff like Rabbit and stuff like even Shivers. He knows how to find in the brood especially find buildings in Canada that look more like futuristic architecture mhm so they don't look like anywhere <laughs> you know they don't look like right. stuff that shows up on
1: film and that's easy to do too when this movie is just open highways and right. big fields
0: <laughs> open highways and, but different race tracks yeah. cool tracks and you do get to see some downtown Spokane oh Classic late 70s Spokane. <laughs> Looks baby. good. Looks Looking good. good. No, <laughs> it's really good at filming this this action and doing these pieces, and it has so much going for it with its great cast, with John Saxon and William Smith. Oh, yeah, Saxon, Saxon and Smith. Saxon and Smith, uh, a guy you can make an argument as a bigger genre legend than William Smith mm-hmm. is John Saxon. I've been really getting into him lately, yeah. He shows up in so much incredible genre work for 35, 40 years. Westerns, horror, you know, Italian, Enter the Dragon. Uh-huh. <laughs> Every just and just like William Smith an insane amount of TV gigs. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Just omnipresent. He's, on screen. he's good. He's, re- he's great. And he's really good in this movie. So these two are two of the top 5 all-time character mm-hmm. actors. But then with people like Claudia Jennings and the guy who's playing Gary the blacksmith black. Oh, yeah, he's great. And that's another cool thing that Cronenberg does, the relationship between another dragster and Smith. It's contentious, mm-hmm. but respectful. It doesn't cross a certain line, even though they're heavy rivals, and there's a neat underangle of Smith upset that, uh, or the blacksmith upset that Smith won't give him more credit. You know, He's fighting for yes. respect. And so it kind of classes up this kind of cheap picture. Yeah.
1: It's a lot of proud people who are good at what they do and care yeah. everything about it. Uh, the guy who plays Billy the Kid is
0: like oh, yeah, super our little, passionate about Our young, about upcoming, babyface yeah, driver. just the, a, the, the one that Smith is choosing to mentor yeah. instead of uh, the blacksmith.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, just I love the passion on the screen between everyone. Yeah, like you said, there's a mutual respect. Now, I got to say, though, the guys (laughs) that do not show any respect, Meatball and Stoner. Meatball and Stoner. I don't know. how God bless you, Cronenberg. How how do we talk about these guys? How
0: is this man capable of something so intense as (laughs) Existens or the body horror of The Fly? The sheer, you know, empty pit horror that movie could be in or the hypnotic intensity of The Brood. But. A year earlier, he has two dudes named Meatball and Stoner, and they're totally must-see part of the movie.
1: They are exactly what you think they are. Yeah. As you're picturing them in your mind now, Stoner, a uh, big bearded dude with the long hair, who's like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" Great look, man. This
0: is a five foot six dude <laughs> yeah. who kind of has that uh, Buzz Sawyer body, where he's buff but has a belly, and yeah, wears yeah. and stocky, wears nothing but, but tight shirts with of like. Other oil brands and like trucker, trucker hats, hats hat. with the brim up has the great beard, the mane that you know the hair goes right into the beard. Always wearing sunglasses, beautiful. Just a great tiny stocky man. Only to be outdone by
1: the gigantic behemoth of a of a boy. Meatball. Meat,
0: Meatball is kind of like tough Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> I, can see I don't that. I don't know the actor, but he's kind of a guy who's balding, got the horseshoe but dad mustache, and also wears the trucker cap. But he's also you know, six three. Yeah, so he just got size without having like a big body.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's a little like uh, Denahi in there somewhere. A little there's bit just of like that, like, a big guy. You can vibe. see this
0: guy playing uh, a corrupt detective. Yeah, who has to be held back from you know beating up the hero detective. Uh, but me yeah, there's yeah, there's a
1: few scenes where meatball gets a little heated. Incredible crew you. of guys, though. Oh. This
0: is this is yeah, the blacksmith's crew, and then when they get involved with Saxon, when you're talking Saxon as. The guy trying to take down William Smith, and then he recruits the blacksmith, meatball, stoner. That's a Dennis Hopper in Blue Velvet level of crew. Yeah, we got a crew here. The crew oh, he, Dennis you... <laughs> Hopper assembles in Blue Velvet is is my benchmark. When you see meatball this crew
1: ooh, in a Hawaiian shirt oh, with oh, the baby. slick back hair, after seeing him in just the tight blacksmith crew shirt the whole yeah. time, so. Oh man.
0: Our, our principal feud of the movie is William Smith's the hero, but he's the aging hero. Mm-hmm. It's a role we just we also saw him do great in Blood and Guts. The cool guy who's beginning to see, you know, feel the nip at his heels. Right. And Saxon's the guy who's running the he, show he, for he Fast Company. He works for the company that
1: sponsors William and Smith. And he wants him out because the money's just not enough.
0: Yeah, he thinks he can get bigger money with a different guy. Right. He resents William Smith's stardom. Saxon's the creepy promoter who uh, keeps trying to hook up unsuccessfully with the talent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Real
1: sleaze. He's he's the guy that flies into these gigs on a private plane. Oh, I love it. Great detail. This is
0: such um, a (laughs) bad guy that has his own private pilot's license. Just a cool added (laughs) asshole feature. (laughs) Yeah, if you can fly into events in your own plane, that oh, that's a cool asshole thing to add. But he's like,
1: li- like guy. purposefully driving or flying over where the trucks are driving, so he can look down on the crew while yeah. he's like, he's hot getting to the gig.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a good guy. It's got a classic John Saxon comb over. Mm-hmm. It's a good hair movie. Yeah. Overall, fantastic hair movie because Smith has an all time head of hair. Smith's and he's effortless. got that great like pulling off the racing helmet shaking it out kind of thing. Like, a lot of cool, those scenes. Mm-hmm. And Saxon's got... I can never quite figure out Saxon's hair. Sometimes he... <laughs> you can Definitely tell he later over. got like kind of a piece up top. And he always was doing the comb over from pretty deep. In some movies, like Enter the Dragon, he would have a piece that just looked like his normal hair. Mm-hmm. He didn't get greedy with his hair pieces. He always had a balding hair piece. Right. Which was smart. It's a good tactic for sure, a Sure, sure. Don't get, you know... Don't get a pompadour. Don't make it obvious. Yeah, come yeah. on. When you cheat on the test, get a B minus. <laughs> exactly. You know, no exactly. A pluses. You don't want to draw too much attention. So it's smart. And, but then Meatball and Stoner, good uh, super hairy, then guy losing it kind of hair. Just a great head of hair in this movie. something about a guy that refers to himself
1: as Meatball. Yeah, like, he
0: likes saying Meatball in the third person. <laughs> really proud of his nickname. Just leave it to Meatball. I love that. About oh, it. leave it up to Meatball. It's yeah, just like, man. I don't
1: know. I've had some nicknames just from friends, it. but like when you're living
0: life as Stoner or Stoner, Meatball, I'd be more into Meatball. I think Stoner. Yeah. Stoner feels a little too like, oh, okay, we landed I, here. We never see him smoke any weed though. No, they they're drinking beer. They're the drinking entire the beer. Time. Oh yeah,
1: a good good show beer. You gotta movie. love that. Yeah, you got <laughs> that great like uh, just casually drinking on the road while they're driving. Yeah, easy peasy. 70s man. Yeah, man.
0: When you get lines like "just leave it to Meatball," yeah, (laughs) which of course inevitably has to come before Meatball comes up with the worst possible plan. Right. Nothing. No. No good can ever come when a man says, "Hey, just leave it to Meatball." Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. when. That's Mm -hmm. when they actually go too far with the yeah the murder scheme. That's try to
1: take Lonnie out
0: at the end. Just leave it to Meatball. Is a classic sentence one hears before every single thing goes to shit. It's
1: almost a shame the way things end for Meatball because that sounds like a perfect sequel, like we, or Leo. Meatballs too. Spinoff. Just leave it to Meatball.
0: (laughs) Just leave it to Meatball. (laughs) But. Like I would watch that movie for sure. this, This is a movie that has, for something that can drift into silliness and still has, it's almost like it's a toned down Burt Reynolds movie. Mm. all the time oh yeah, definitely. Where you don't have any overt Dom Deloise comedy. No one actually looks at the camera. Yeah, there's yeah, no specific there's jokes, but there's guys having fun and laughing and the vibe's yeah. there and the characters are there, but they're treated a little bit more serious like one of his more serious. There's a ones.
1: great scene where uh, Lonnie has to tell the young kid Billy that he, he's walking for a while. Yeah, that's that, a great that, scene in itself, right really
0: great. Some, some in it's an incredible lead role for Smith. I mean, not a, you know, this not an Oscar, but it's an movie. it's an understated For this genre. He treats it so seriously, and it's much more like something, you know, the wrestler. Yeah, yeah. It's very similar to to Mickey Rourke.
1: But I love that, that movie. I love that it's dramatic like that. But then there's a scene almost right after that, after that race, where Billy the Kid and uh, the old mechanic and you know the crew are out to dinner at the booth. Yeah. And he's bitching, <laughs> you know, and and they're <laughs> oh, they're Billy. clearly drunk, like, but it's like. Perfect drunk acting where they're mm-hmm. not acting drunk. Sure. And then, you know, you get some sense, talk to him and he's just like, I'm just pissed off. He yeah, just, man. That, that just it, the way, like, I was like, this is a great scene of like. It really is. It was what such a, a well actually camaraderie act like.
0: scene. We've all had moments where we're, where any one of us who's a friend has to give someone either bad news or you have a fight about something and you're, you're mending it. We've all, we all go through it. If you know somebody long enough. Mm-hmm. And the way William Smith handles that scene where he's still the big name and Billy's the up and comer, and the company still decides, even though he's getting on their ass and getting out of favor, they still think Smith is the stock. He's the draw. He's the draw. He's putting butts in the seats. You get some cool promoter talk like <laughs> people wanna see Lucky. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Great, great scenes of William Smith being mobbed on the track, like four seconds after his vehicle explodes oh, thirty feet into the air. Just forty kids running onto the field, like eight feet from a burning wreck. <laughs> what the? F- this total. is a world I know nothing about, but I am. I love it. Moments like, like that because those
1: are just all total non actors. Yeah, it's just, if that this great Canadian vibe a bunch so of so Kids real.
0: and teens that, and William Smith just looking like. John Cena out there looking like a mega star, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But then when he gets to handle these scenes t- where he's tasked with being the one that has to tell Billy, it's not your time yet. You're, you think you're ready. They don't think you're ready yet. It's a hack scene. Sometimes it's a staple of a sports movie. Mm-hmm. We're not ready for the big time kid. You know, I'll show you, mm-hmm. but it never drifts into that. Cause Billy doesn't become a dumb baby. That can't handle like, it's my turn. It doesn't become a it's my turn movie, which feels like it's going to happen. Right. It becomes a mentor mentee. What do I still need to learn kind of movie? And they handle it so seriously that you get why Billy's upset. But you see that Smith isn't relishing telling him this news. Mm -hmm. When he fights with the blacksmith and doesn't want to admit that he doesn't think of him as much of a racer. Thinks he's hit his peak. Smith doesn't want to tell him that. That's when you get the feeling for these characters that they uh, they work together. They're around each other a lot, even if they're not best friends. They're they're who they know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, exactly. The these, acting. These is, are the
1: people you have to be around every day, whether you like it or not. Yeah, I. You know, I. It's
0: like guys you work with. You hope thing. when you're if you're at an office. You know, I'm at an office with over a hundred people, and I'm lucky enough to be in a situation where I like. of my coworkers. That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean I'm going out for drinks with every one of them. But you're around these people a lot. And it's important. And these relationships feel real. While also feeling like they cast a bunch of cool guys as these characters. But, yeah, it's so easy to think of William Smith as the heavy. Because he's one of the all-time great heavies. Mm -hmm. This is a great chance to see that through the first half of his career, first third of his career he played good guys he was a big strapping hero yeah we see him as a lot of good guys so far yeah a lot biker, of a lot of biker big,
1: good guys fighting mm-hmm. good guys it racing wasn't good
0: guys it, it wasn't until the rich man poor man miniseries which was a very popular tv miniseries that he played the big bad guy the big eye patch wearing uh heel oh, yeah, this yeah. whole series it it, it turned him People recognized him on the street because how do you not recognize William Smith? (laughs) His villain looks like William Smith walking around. This isn't a guy that goes out of shape between filmings because he films constantly. and So he would get bottles thrown at him on the street. And then that led right into the rest of his 20 years. The next 20 years, just bad guys. And this is kind of a middle of that just bad guys hero performance. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, this guy can just turn it on. He can immediately be a relatable megastar. On this weird niche circuit. It's really impressive. It really, this is a great showcase for his acting ability. Other movies, uh, like The Losers, great showcase for oiled up biceps. Sure. This isn't as much of the oiled biceps, except... Uh-oh. Are you thinking the scene I'm thinking of? I'm thinking, of? One, thinking of probably a, gr- a great practical <laughs> stunt effect yeah. scene in this movie. I think we're thinking
1: of the same scene. Yeah, say it. Uh, well, you get to see William Smith punch John Saxon <laughs> out of a trailer. Out of a trailer that's like six steps up. While, he, while William Smith is wearing this bizarre kind of uh, undershirt.
0: He's wearing like a, a
1: scoop neck tank top kind, of, kind of, thing. of thing. But it's like barely covering the pecs. Yeah. And it's not covering the arms or shoulders at all. Great
0: gun show. And oh my God. With the tight late 70s slacks. in like,
1: there like flexing. Also Jeez. like. Like, reclining... The, Smith has a way of reclining in chairs in this movie. I don't know if you noticed. There's a scene <laughs> cool later chair sitter. where they're, like, waiting for the news on where the car is. And he's in this seat where he's just, like, <laughs> two feet deep into the seat. <laughs> Anyways, he's in he's in his chair with his woman in his lap, basically. Oh, man. And, and Saxon comes in without knocking. In a, different,
0: in a different vibe, he would be a Bond villain. Totally. In this scene. Except he's like, man, this guy's cool. He's so cool. This guy's so cool. And, well, yeah. his trailer since so they travel the circuit town to town oh yeah he's got like this tricked out trailer with a nice wrap around bed and a desk area and it's like his little living on the road apartment with a picture of him above the bed you say picture Come on, now. I say full poster <laughs> full size, size like him and it's a poster of him arms crossed standing in the doorway of his trailer <laughs> It's a picture like next to the door of his trailer of him standing in the trailer. It's like this portal effect where it's like looking in on himself. Him watching himself on TV, watching (laughs) like okay guys. It's like he's decked out his own little bachelor pad. Yeah, I love it. And it's so cool and he's just lounging in there. He just lounges on the highway. It's a great set for like seeing like old
1: Rainier beer cans in the background. Oh, yeah. There's like this one scene where Saxon's just eating junk food from the (laughs) counter and you're just like, oh, look at all those brands. I love it. It's so good. But yeah, when Smith punches John Saxon out of like a six foot up trailer. It's a high fall. And... That mo- I mean was that Saxon taking that fall? No, it couldn't have been.
0: Couldn't have been, right? Couldn't have been. Saxon was, would have been 50 cuz it's it's a it's fall. It's like a 6-foot drop and the guy takes it horizontally onto his shoulder mm-hmm. and kind of rolls through it, but you know it's still it wasn't a tucked fall. Tough fall, but
1: professional, but tough, intense. But I, and, love, uh, I love that scene so much because there's all of this drama between them. And yeah. Saxon's going, you're finished. You're all finished. It's a,
0: and it's a good, it's a real, uh, you get the vibe William Atherton watched some of the John Saxon performances like that. The whole right. like pointing around at the crowd like, you're done. Yeah. You're done here. The, the bad, the, the heel that gets humiliated in front of people. Good but scene. see,
1: I, when I was watching this scene the first time, I didn't realize there was like 50
0: people behind them well, watching this the, So it's this tight scene where <laughs> Smith punches hard, and John Saxon, we get the shot of him falling away from the camera, yeah. out of this trailer, hard fall. He stands up like he's already been trying to get rid of Smith yeah. and replace him with the blacksmith. Get the blacksmith's crew as the top gang. Right. And that's the like, you're through.
1: You're out of here. You're done in this
0: business. <laughs> and then it pans back and there's like a crowd of 100 people standing there. Was like, it pans back and everybody att- in attendance is just watching them. Like that, that killed they're me They're like actually. eight feet away from him
1: having... There's like a line of cars and then it is just everyone. That's Yeah, having to take that punch <laughs> in front of that kind of crowd yeah. and then keep that up. That stuntman, that that's was the kind of thing,
0: the Cronenberg, the, the stuntman effects that he gets... An unsung part of his. He gets nothing but praise for practical effects. Deservedly so. Best in the business with Carpenter. But his use of <laughs> those kind of stunts really adds some legitimacy to it. Yeah. That drive, drive-in vibe, but really professionally, violently done. Having a crew of a hundred real-life extras just watching a guy do a stunt <laughs> like that. Where he has to get punched and take a six-foot fall into asphalt. Man... That's cashing your check that day, buddy. It's just a really funny reveal of just like, yeah, this the pan back drama. is such a funny reveal. And then just,
1: oh, there's also like a hundred people looking at it's you. It's
0: that look at stardom where you're a celebrity, people watch you, people watch what you do. Mm-hmm. If you are in a restaurant and uh, Andrew Garfield is sitting two tables away, I, before this meal, don't care much about Andrew Garfield. It's not an actor I think about until that weird reference. Mm -hmm. But you bet your ass I am taking like eight glances at Andrew Garfield throughout this meal. I'm an idiot like that. I'm not going to go up and talk to him. Right, right. But it's just like, look at that. They're just like us, right? (laughs) And so then you just have this meal. Yeah, you would definitely be waiting around. I've waited at wrestling shows for wrestlers to come out. I've waited at baseball games for players to come out. Exactly. Of course, you'd be waiting for Lucky. If you're there to see Lucky, Lucky Lonnie, Lonnie, man, you're yeah. waiting around his. You're gonna trailer. check out the trailer. Oh so yeah. So that's no, a cool stunt that. to like. Whew, this is this is it. This is my. This is like a stunt man's like. This is his salt, mm-hmm. man. This is gonna determine his rep within the field for a couple years. That shit's cool. <laughs> but the feeling of this movie, we keep getting nothing but these fake sounding songs. Oh. That's the only thing holding this back from being an actual like sport classic. Mm-hmm. It's the to only agree thing that. that comes off that can take you out of the mood
1: a yeah. bit. Not only do we get that fast company theme probably three or four times throughout the picture. And always just picked up out of nowhere in the middle of a chorus. Yeah. But there's like other racing-related songs throughout yeah. the movie,
0: which oh, and they're always this the kind of songs that are describing just like that's what makes them feel like Trey Parker songs because it gets to a point where it's like driving in the parking lot, it's <laughs> like come on, it's or like those like, yeah. bad '80s music videos that like what do we do for the video? Uh, show the words that are happening, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, land six foot, you know. The man from Brussels offering him a Vegemite sandwich. It's like, get a, get, get a guy. Yeah. We need a guy. What the hell is Vegemite? 604 <laughs> he's full of muscles, all right? Find some. Get William Smith. Abracadabra, he's going to reach out and grab it. We need a guy grabbing. Yeah. You know, and that's all of these songs. Or it's fall just like into right that. before
1: kind of like the final big race, it's like, we got another race to go. <laughs> it's, <true. laughs> it's just like. we're just another race away then we're hitting the road
0: to spokane the whole time it's just like jesus come on don't worry there's more racing coming for a movie that has such clear respect for the abilities of these actors they and the sport cronenberg really respects the sport you could tell he you know they had to have filmed a lot of this during actual races So you don't want to come in like the filmmaking bigwig. Right. You know you got to get in with this crowd. It's it's all very like handheld. It's very much like a guy with a camera. Yeah, which really adds to that. Which is cool. Oh, really gets you into the movie. Yeah. This is the one. He trusts his actors so much. He trusts the material. And it's good material. The relationships are good. You know, there's two different uh, male-female relationships that are dealing with various distance and Mm -hmm. allure of stardom. They're all very good. Especially from... When you're comparing it to the rest of the genre. Right. I mean, it stands out way above. And then you just keep getting these dick cheesy, (laughs) fake, (laughs) like... It's like bad meatloaf songs. Just... Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It's so weird. But then you get these great, funny, joyous moments, like when Saxon finally gets punched by Smith. And he gets... Now he can... Get the blacksmith in his crew, no problem. Mm-hmm. He has cause to do that officially. So now that they're part of a sponsored crew, Stoner and Meatball got to class it up a bit. No more tight t-shirts and trucker hats. Exactly. And drinking beer just while changing attire. You got to spruce up like you're going to a funeral. <laughs> Except that means like meatball wearing Hawaiian shirts and stoner wearing like a custer jacket with fringe down the arms yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know tight jeans and oh my god they're so beautiful. Yeah, I
1: love the whole uh when Smith finally gets fired, they actually go steal the car back. Yeah, uh, that was a cool moment. That was not something I expected to see, and they do a classic like that's another one of my favorite. Yeah, like you said, moment of joy. Mm-hmm. Smith driving down the the you know, City Street in the funny car. Yeah. Coming up on those two blonde brothers who are drinking beer oh, in yeah. their car.
0: Coming up to a, just a couple of beer-drinking
1: Hesher teens. and they're, they're both like 19 with like the shittiest little mustaches. Oh, yeah.
0: Bad blonde, flesh-colored they kinda, teen mustaches. They're the kind of
1: revving the engine at him, and he takes off, and they
0: just look at him and keep drinking. <laughs> just like a perfect little so good moment. And Smith is one of these guys who's such a legend because he did so many of his own stunts and this movie really benefits from the fact that the driving looks quick yeah in a lot of these 70s driving flicks you get some camera speed up yes like they're art yeah, totally that's a staple of the genre right because it's really risky to run these uh, <laughs> <laughs> super fast cars so in the movie it's 200 miles per hour we know this a lot because the theme from fast company has a Frequent refrain that says, 200 miles an hour. See, you do, know, you do know enough
1: about this sport. You just, you get it all in song form. You get it all, it's, I'm glad they were honest
0: to us in yeah. the song.
1: Green light means go. <laughs> really, just learning
0: the rules of uh, the funny car drive circuit. But, <laughs> William Smith was actually doing 135. Hmm. And so when it looks fast, it's not 200 miles an hour fast, but it looks fast. That's cool. Because 135 is fucking fast. That's faster than I need to go in a car. That's, you know, 30 more (laughs) more than I've ever thought of going. (laughs) Uh, But it's just such a cool, well-done version of a movie I've seen. I have seen and loved plenty of shitty versions of this movie. Right. I love this kind of movie. When you're talking a, a John Saxon, you know, triumphant William Smith getaway that has huge explosions, airplane, air show disaster, crashes. And like, Meatball. And Meatball. <laughs> and Meatball still. A, man, leave it up to Meatball. Uh-huh. You blew it at Again, the end. Again, <laughs> that meatball scene, man. What a dumb way to go. Guy get just gets roasted. That meatball gets burnt to a crisp. Yeah, he tries to sabotage old uh, fast company. What a du- I love this idea where Saxon wants to like, you know, take care of William Smith. Wait, Not wait. just knock him out of the, the you know, the circuit, just take care of him. Wink. <laughs> and that's when we get the, hey, just leave it to meatball. I'll come up with something classy. Yeah, he says to be something real I class. got real classy in mind. <laughs> Meatball's classy idea is uh, dumping a bunch of gas on the track and just ex- burning, exploding a car out of nowhere. Super but it's classy. this really unnecessary common thing. Is like, okay, the plan, however, hinges, you need to be in lane two. Mm-hmm. Whoever's in lane two is going to die. And then <laughs> right at the beginning, they're like, all right, do the coin flip. Well, you're in lane one. Yeah. And they're like, shit, shit. The whole Meatballs like Ugh, yeah. So then the plan. I don't get why they just couldn't have waited until learning what lane they had because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because he doesn't do it until after he doesn't that do it, it until anyway. long after, and it's it's the <laughs> one really confusing part of the movie because they've already established it's a short track because these races are <laughs> six seconds long and feature two minutes of revving. Yeah. A lot of revving, a lot of a lot of skidding forward like a hundred feet, and then kind of like backing up. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't understand uh, the theatrics of funny <laughs> car, but I liked it.
1: But but you know he's got to be in sight of the whole crowd.
0: How can nobody see this guy <laughs> running down and just dumping gasoline? He's like. It's just down the street.
1: They're big jugs of gas.
0: He's carrying these huge 60-pound 60 ga- 60 jugs of gas. Nothing else happening down there. And they're just, just kind of watching guys rumbling at the starting line. Full arena of fans. Sure, it is dark, mm-hmm. but, but it's... It
1: is pitch black dark out there, actually. It is pretty dark out there. But, yeah, then Meatball, he does it. He stays right there to watch th- this thing go down. Yeah, he literally hides behind a barrel. <laughs> He's like, Meatball's like, going like, to watch. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to watch my classy
0: plan. Well, we get a cool late movie turn where William Smith, his his cars start getting sabotaged. But he keeps kind of narrowly surviving. Mm-hmm. And then brushing it off like a, just a day at the office. Yeah. This guy can brush off some. This guy doesn't hold on to anything. Unflappable. Right. But when he's in a race and gets... Feels like he's been sabotaged, his crew's you know, trustworthy enough that they're like, Man, we checked this car, that kind of good mm-hmm. tension action. And we get that great interaction with Smith and the blacksmith, Gary Black, who has that uh really good later career Kevin Corrigan thinning pompadour. <laughs> yeah. Where he keeps it long in the back and he can still pull off the the comb back, but it's it's thinner. So he has some good tufts occasionally if uh if he's taking his hat off. Yeah, it's like he's got half a head of hair, but it's like wild. Yeah. in the back. Yeah. yeah, he's going. It's like in a couple years he'll be more like Rick Rubin. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> if he keeps it up, that the top will be a lot lot more gone. But it looks that good was, right that, now. That was actually Rick Rubin in the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this guy was in this guy. That dude was the voice of Professor Xavier in the X Men cartoon. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Cool gig. Uh, he was in, I believe we used to watch a show called Avonlea. It was a Canadian of uh, uh-huh. uh, kind of teen show, really. It was high quality. Christopher Lloyd was in it, and uh, hmm. it was really good. We, One of my teachers was big into it, and he was in that, and never seen him in something cool like Fast Company. Him and Smith, when he has that great line after, Having that emotional scene where he's sad and hurt and angry that Smith won't acknowledge him as being better and having a higher ceiling, not believing in him. But then he goes, man, I don't need to kill you to beat you. Mm -hmm. That's a really cool look into their professional respect, even if they're rivals and they aren't necessarily buddies. Right, right. It's not the kind of depth you usually get. And fast Company is filled with that depth. You also, though, get a guy dumping Fasco oil <laughs> over some naked. Girls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is that is that like Cronenberg has to get some slimy body parts into his movies? That like, that scene was actually in uh, Fasco. That was actually cut from the theatrical release <gasps> to get the PG rating. Sure. So that was just on the DVD and later. You but know, yeah, that's the most the nudity Cronenberg in this we movie get. could easily be cut. That's the yeah, one yeah. thing that seems kind of not Cronenberg. Is there's clearly just some like you know sitting up in bed breasts and uh, those kind of things that usually yeah. he's not like all right we need to get the tits into existence you know he's not having Gina Davis like pull up sheets really quickly <laughs> so that's uh, that feels like look we're gonna be playing the drive-in circuit so yeah. we gotta have exactly yeah they're they're gonna be expecting this but
1: <laughs> but I love how so so what you're saying is William Smith knows he's being sabotaged. So his plan is to let the kid drive instead. Yeah, then he's like, you know what, you know what, kid? I think you're ready to. I think you're ready to step up. Now, now that I'm clearly getting fucked with, I think you're ready, kid. Yeah, this is your chance to shine. <laughs> you get in the car. Uh. Uh, I'll, I'll be over here. I'll be yeah. He's Mel Brooks going. I'll be over yeah. here.
0: <laughs> One more time should kill him. Oh, I'm gonna be staying in behind this blast shield, kid. <laughs> yeah. Um.
1: No, that's totally uh, yeah. I never thought of it that way before, but it, it's clearly like he's like. Look, uh, I, you know, I'm retiring now. I got the rest I gotta, of my life Yeah, to you know look what? Retirement's
0: sounding better and better right now. <laughs> yeah. Once he realizes he's being... I've gotten out of too having many his brake lines cars cut, lately. His yeah. parachute cut. <laughs> but the movie doesn't, outside of the music, it doesn't drift far from being a quality, huge landmark piece for the race movie genre. It deserves to be talked about more with a, a cool race biopic. Like, it's more in line with Ford versus Ferrari than... You know, Devils on Wheels. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's much closer to something award worthy than, well, this will get doubled up with Death Sport on the drive in circuit. Yeah, it's a really well made movie. Um, we it keep... just doesn't look or act like a Cronenberg movie. <laughs> but the people he was working with, that's why I love this stuff. You know, he would go on to utilize these people that do his stun effects, that do uh, hair, that do the choreography mm. and use them in such different cool ways in his horror movies and his sci-fi movies. You know, the guy f- that's really great at filming races in fast company is really great at filming stuff in the dead zone. Mm-hmm. So he keeps this crew together. And so we get these early seeds of man, this guy is talented. This guy is just like, like we talk about with Carpenter. He can just step into any genre and he knows exactly what he wants to see on the screen. Yeah. He knows how to, it's just, there's such skill in not only being a chameleon who can step in and, yeah, I can do this studio picture, you know, Carpenter stepping in and doing a paid picture, mm-hmm. but putting Carpenter into it. It's what sets these guys apart. It's what <laughs> draws us to them. We keep landing on Cronenberg movies that I would never think of as my favorite Cronenberg movies. Yeah. it's The Fly is so powerful, a movie to me. But we keep finding these gems. I loved *Dangerous Method*. I love *Fast Company*. I would heartily recommend this to anyone. It's a very good movie, and I can't wait to—I can't wait for the glow-up, M. Butterfly. It's I gonna know get, that's going to be the like. So I yeah. know if we do a random draw, we are guaranteed M. <sighs> Butterfly. That's man. how it's going to go, right? <laughs> Pretty much. It is happening, <laughs> and I'm kind of looking forward to it. It's—I'm cool. looking forward. it. The ones I need our crash and his two newest ones. Those are my my blind spots at this point. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited for it all. Nobody does it to me like Cronenberg. He is he's very special. It came to this. It did come to this. This is good. We're going to this is not our uh, last William Smith. This man has so much to celebrate. We're going to be back, but this is a cool uh this is a cool slice. Absolutely. Yeah. One couldn't, one couldn't of agree the, more. You could make the argument top 5 William Smith. If you're making a list of recommendations. If you want to see this guy at his coolest. There you go. This is a cool showcase. So check it out. It's, it's on it's everywhere. It's on like
1: HBO or Tubi or something yeah, now. It's yeah, it's on some major stuff. You can go see it. Yeah, I got to recommend it.
0: Uh, don't worry about it not being a Cronenberg-esque yeah. movie. Or think about it it's as cool. a Cronenberg and just roll around in the joy that you got to see a race movie. Yeah. How cool. How much would you want to see a 70s racing movie by Carpenter? Oh, for sure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I would die for something like that. Man. As long so- as there's
1: a meatball in there somewhere. Oh. <laughs> meatball. God bless him. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. Thank you guys for listening. Good night.